speaking with composer Noah Sirota, who has quickly made a name for himself by working on some of Hollywood's biggest blockbusters as an arranger and programmer, Noah was recruited by Hans Zimmer after Hans was impressed with his work as a music library composer. Noah then went to work on amazing projects such as Transformers, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2, Angels and Demons, Clash of the Titans, and The Pacific, among many others. He then uh, scored his first solo composing job when Steven Spielberg picked him to score the hit series Falling Skies. Noah just recently made his feature score debut with Jin, starring Sarinda Swan, Ray Park, and Farhan Tahir. Noah, thanks so much for speaking with me today. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. So to start, I would love to know uh, what music means to you personally and what and why, I guess, you pursued it as a profession, especially film and TV composing. Uh, well, music, what does it mean to me? Uh, it's kind of everything. I started um, music when I was probably about, about two and a half, three years old. Uh, my parents had read a lot about uh, early childhood development, and uh, they got me started on the violin and piano doing the Suzuki method, which is a method of teaching young children how to play music kind of by ear and eventually you learn to read music. And uh, so that's kind of how I got into it and I've just been uh, playing music all my life. I kind of got into writing and improvising and playing in bands and stuff kind of, you know, in my teenage years. And then um, kind of through high school, I kind of got revigorated. Uh, kind of got a new 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 drive a new sense of um, I don't know inspiration kind of um, on the violin and doing some electric violin stuff and, and some other other genres outside of classical music which was kind of the training and kind of one thing led to another and that's kind of where I got, went went to college to do music and study music uh, and that's one thing has led to another, and now I'm doing what I'm doing. It was never really my goal um, from the early age, or even in high school or college, necessarily to to try and write music as for a living. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got I got into composition kind of high school or college, and that kind of pursued it through there. But my my kind of I guess you know my goals or my what I thought I might do for a living was. I was really going to try and go into teaching music, um, you know, get a graduate degree and doctorate or whatever and, and start teaching, you know, music in college and kind of go that route, the kind of academic route. Uh, and it wasn't until I was kind of in school and, and doing things and working with people and arranging things, working for a music library, one thing leading to another and having opportunities and becoming busy and successful enough at it where it was like, well, I should probably keep keep pursuing this while I can, because it's not like I can always just, I can always always kind of just go back to school, where I can't always just, you know, ring up some friends and say, okay, I'm I'm ready to get back into you know arranging. It's kind of once you're once you're going, once you're in that world, you kind of have to stay in that world. Right, right. So that's kind of how things kind of naturally developed, and I'm doing what I'm doing and knocking on wood and kind of. <laughs> scratching my head and going, I'm still here doing it. <laughs> well, that's really cool. So, I mean, you're, you're working in a music library, and uh, so how did you get in contact with Hans, and how did, the, did he kind of help you pull you in that direction towards film and TV? Uh, well, it was, it was a matter of, it was kind of, uh, let's see, I was doing, I got hooked up with this music library. I think they were looking for 
it was a it's it has since failed. It was a kind of dodgy operation to begin with. Mm-hmm. But they were looking for, you know, staff composers and young talented people that kind of do stuff with them. I got involved with them kind of they had through the I was I went to CalArts, uh, which is an art conservatory uh, here in just north of LA. So I was I, I think I, it was even like on a bulletin board or something. And I I phoned up. I needed some work, and I got in, involved with them. But you know, after working with them for a year or two, I had you know quite a bit of music. Uh, I met uh, some guys who had been doing some additional work for Hans on the first Pirates movie, and it was around the time they were doing additional music on the second Pirates film. And I was kind of hanging out with them and learning some stuff and figuring out this whole programming MIDI thing that I wasn't quite very good at uh, and just kind of watching them do it and kind of learning and they had kind of mentioned my name uh, and, you know, it's one of those things that you know you, you never really quite know how something happens right. uh, I think they had they had at one point said my, my name is like oh I was helping them out do something and then he had heard my name or Hans had from an, another source as well and I can't remember what that was but he was like well I've heard that name twice in you know a week or whatever I should probably figure out who he is and I got a phone call that said you know Hans wants to meet you you come down and to Santa Monica and you know hang out and meet Hans I was like okay so I did and it was in very short order I was you know sitting in front of a computer doing some kind of MIDI uh, editing or something of some sort and you know and then off 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 you go for you know years <laughs> <laughs> and I know it's it's funny because I mean, I've entered almost I guess almost everybody I would say now that works at remote control and and how they kind of got involved in the whole learning process and so I was just wondering what kind of uh, valuable information did you kind of learn during those early years of, of you know being an arranger and a programmer was it kind of like a crash course on the industry and getting to you know really get your hands dirty in it and all that stuff well it's kind of it's, yeah it's it's I'm still trying to sift through you know kind of what what I've come away with uh, you know I would say the biggest the biggest thing was that was kind of a, a, a diving into the deep end of uh, programming you know MIDI programming mm-hmm. and kind of just general music production uh, you know I, was, I came to that party kind of knowing music. Um, having pretty good music chops, being able to sit down and, and you know, know, know what an orchestra does. You know, I've played in youth orchestras. Like, I know what that does. Uh, I didn't really have any kind of programming skills. You know, I thought I did at the time, but, you know, knowing what I do now, I, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, so when you sit in front of a, you know, a sequencer um, and you, you've got you know, a, a whole movie's worth of, of massive, massive, uh, you know, mini sessions that, you know, Hans has given you. And he says, you know, I want you to edit all these together like they did on the, you know, the, the music edit, the, like the music editor did with the, uh, you know, stems from the movie. You go, oh, great, thanks. So, you know, you've got to quickly take, you know, three or four different pieces of music from different sequences, and all of which have 600, 700 MIDI tracks in them. And, you know, you have to know what you're doing. Wow. Not so much. In a musical, you know, in, in a as a note, you know what what's happening note-wise, relationally or harmonically. You just have to kind of know the the the, the technical side of it. So I think I think what I kind of walked away from there was was mainly how to program, you know, how to 
how to make a something that you know you can write a piece of music, but then if you have to, the end result is coming out of the computer. Uh, you have to make that sound somewhat musical and somewhat decent. And right. there's tricks to doing that that you're not going to learn unless you do it or you watch someone do it. It's it's not as easy as putting notes on a piece of paper and having a, a musician who is living and breathing perform it and it sounds great. Mm-hmm. You have to fake all that, and even you know the end result is uh, already. Not amazing, but <laughs> you do what you can. Well, I mean, and yet you, you know, you start out there, and now you have this great series, Falling Skies, which has a huge following, and it's you know extremely popular. Um, and the show seemed like it was such an amazing canvas for a composer. So, what about that when you first started? You know, it's going in the fourth season now, but when you first started, um, what was about what about the show's story or the characters that really kind of influenced your approach? What kind of how did you start to build that sound for that you know that world? Um, well, I think the, the biggest, the biggest thing that kind of influenced the, I guess, way I approached it was, uh, being, you know, having who, the executive producer being Steven Spielberg and him hiring me to do it and kind of going, okay, so this is, this is a project that's kind of near and dear to his heart. Um, I know what's near and dear to him musically. Uh, that's you know you know the John Williams you know thing there. He's has a vast um, knowledge of music, not only just film music, but just you know his music history and could sing you and whistle you all sorts of you know themes from uh, concertos and stuff. I would ha- be hard pressed to to do, but um, just kind of coming at it with that, like okay, I've, this has got to be you know something. Uh, I can't just drone and pulse my way through this. Is mm-hmm. basically my, you know, my thought process. Not that I would want to, but just okay. I really have to step up to the plate. Right. So that was kind of from the get go. I I wrote some themes, uh, came up with some ideas, and uh, worked, you know, you know, mocked it up, did my thing, and very apprehensively sent it off, and kind of waited to hear what what was going to happen. <laughs> And he loved it. He's like, I don't really like this, you know. And he's like, you know, this is, I like the themes. I think what we've got going here is great. Uh, you know, go for it. So then it was, you know, season one, getting into it. You know, the first couple episodes, you know, back and forth, trying to figure out, you know, how we do action, how we do mystery, how we do suspense, how we do family. You know, figuring out kind of uh, tonally and orchestrationally, and like how we how we do how do we do these things on the show? What's the code? What's the you know how we how we do it? Right. And then uh, that was that. They did a second season, and I was like, well, this is this is going to be fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, and then you know, I started working on it, and slowly, uh, you know, bit by bit, the kind of the synthetic elements started disappearing. Uh, they just I just stopped kind of using them. I had a little bit more, you know. Uh, you know, synths in there and you know, some process sounds I had made and it just started becoming more and more organic and more orchestral mm-hmm. and I got feedback from Steven saying this is great I really like this um, this is so much more developed and I think original than your first season I was like okay that's that's good I'm <laughs> being pointed in a good direction and that's kind of continued on um, through the rest of it and I've, you know it's very very orchestral now um, it's pretty much just your standard, you know, symphonic lineup with some kind of, you know, added ethnic perk and occasionally some other kind of, you know, organic instrument, you know, that's not, you know, in the traditional lineup. Right. But it's pretty much just a, 
just an orchestra, and it's been a lot of fun to write. Um, there's so much to do, you know. There's the action stuff. There's the um, there's the drama. There's the, a lot of mystery, and there's you know the love stuff, love interests, and there's the family, you know, contingent too. So it's a lot of fun as a composer to write because you've it keeps changing on you. And uh, was it was it daunting? Did you find it daunting that a, a TV series is kind of kind of be your big first solo project? Was it uh, intimidating at all? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's daunting. I don't know. It's 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 been a challenge, but it's been a lot of fun uh, while doing it. And I think I also was I'd been in the you know the the, the remote control trenches for a long time, and I'd been working very hard, very long hours. Mm-hmm. So kind of it was it was very interesting in the sense that when I started doing this, I was like, well, this isn't that much work at all, <laughs> you know, because uh, I'd I'd be doing it, and you know, when you're working with you know Hans, you know, when you're working with other composers, not just Hans, but you, you know, you start working a lot more than just doing it once. You know, you have to do it once, and they listen to it, and they're like, yeah, let's tweak this, this, and this, and then you do it again, or you you know do your revisions, then they listen to it. And if you're lucky, that's you know good to be played for the you know the director or the producer. And if you're not, you know you do another round of revisions. So by the time it actually gets to directors or producers' ears for the first time, and they're going to have their notes, you've already done it you know two or three times. Mm-hmm. So that, that starts becoming exponential, and you start working you know maybe doing five or six revisions you know to get a you know, cue approved if you're lucky. So uh, this became very. It was just like I'd write it and I would send it off, and if they had a note, it would be you know addressed once, and they'd be like, "Yeah, that's great," or "No, I'll just tweak it a little bit further," and then I would be done. And it was like, "Wow, that's <laughs> this is easy." Um, but you know that you know I'm very lucky with this show, um, and there's you know there's a lot of there's a lot of creative input, but it they kind of let me you know do my thing, uh, which is really, really refreshing. Yeah, that's uh, great. In the industry, to, you know, hire a composer and let them compose music. And, you know, you obviously put your artistic input into it and you give the, your notes, but you let them do their thing. And it's a lot of fun. So for uh, for a show like for Falling Skies, are you, since they're kind of more constrained seasons, like uh, 10 episodes or so, um, are you kind of given the entire season's arc before you start so you can map out the kind of your score? Or do you kind of work kind of one episode at a time and take it as it comes? Well, I'm writing kind of one episode at a time as they're getting things locked and delivered. Mm-hmm. Um, but with TV, because you don't get to like kind of watch the whole thing as, at one go, right? And kind of you know let the let the thing hit you as it may. Um, I I do take a look at the scripts um, as they're shooting. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll send me the scripts, and I'll kind of look at them over, and I'll kind of see the big arcs. Mm. Um, that way, I kind of can think about. What I'm gonna do, what what we're gonna need, and I can kind of be thinking about it before we get into it, and then that way I know in an episode, because they're not really they don't really tell me. It's not like I'm sitting down at the spotting session. And they're like, oh, and by the way, you know, this is what the season finale is. It's they kind of like they kind of expect you to know. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's 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 important for me to do that. So I have a sense of you know where that where that character is winding up, or where that storyline, where that plot is going to land, and who the who the mole is, and, and all that kind of stuff. So I can appropriately address that. Um, so I do look at it kind of from a from a stand back and look at it overall on, at the script level. But I am kind of uh, episode to episode, and we go out of order. 
um, usually oh, uh, with this okay. show because it's so visual effects. There's a lot of visual effects, um, and not every episode has the same amount of visual effects. Right. So they have you know some episodes cost more and are bigger episodes, and those are usually kind of given more time. Uh, so usually I'll kind of you know, usually we'll do like, you know, episode one or two, and then it will kind of hop around maybe, you know, six, five, seven, then back to three, and, you know, to kind of the bigger ones start happening later. Wow. So, the, and that also makes it tricky, because you have to kind of keep keep your finger on the pulse of like, what did I do for that? Right. Oh, right, that was the big reveal of that, and that's what I did, so let's do this here in the subtle, you know, version of that theme there, and it does get a little tricky, and I do I do keep right here next to my writing desk, a whole stack of manuscript paper of things I've jotted down of, well, this is how we're doing that. This is that theme. Here's what I did. Um, it's just quick reference for me because it does get a little out of hand sometimes. Oh, man, that does sound quite challenging to keep it all together. <laughs> um, yeah. But, no, Falling Sky is such a great show. And you also have a new feature, uh, Jin. Um, and, again, I the story looks like an amazing canvas for a composer to tackle and you know has this mythology kind of gothic uh, uh horror thriller some of it in there and then an action so how did you approach this story and what did you want to accomplish musically um for this film well that was a, that's an interesting subject because that um i actually scored twice oh wow and i i did it back in uh i guess 2012 it's been two years ago uh, they came to me, they had the film, you know, they were like, we got it ready to go, blah, 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 blah. We want a very adventure kind of score. Um, it was, you know, a thriller, but it had a lot of adventure elements to it, you know, kind of quest, you know, supernatural stuff. Right. Um, and they kind of wanted that that kind of lend to it on the at the score level. And I was like, this will be a lot of fun, that'll be great. And we did it, scored it, everyone loved it. We recorded it at Warner Brothers. Um, it was a lot of fun. They dubbed it, and then crickets. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, I don't know if that's a you know, but that always happens with, you know, with independent stuff. You never know what's going to happen to it. The right. Stuff doesn't get released. It sits on its shelf. You never hear about it again. Or, well, uh, Christmas time, you know, last this past December, I got a phone call kind of after Christmas, before New Year's, that says, you know, from the producers going, we've got it done. We're got we reshot a bunch of things. We recut the film. We need you to go and you know write another you know thirty minutes or so of score and kind of you know re-edit and fiddle with what's there and we've made it darker and we you know want you to take another look at it. I was like okay. Well, as we got into it, it's basically you know kind of rewriting things. Mm -hmm. They made it darker. They made it a little bit more thriller. They kind of downplayed some of the adventure aspects of it. They wanted to, I think they wanted to make it to appeal to a you know a little bit wider audience but also they wanted it to kind of fit in, into a you know they wanted it to fit into a genre of some sort so they could market it in a certain way you know they kind of wanted it to be more thriller so they could kind of go after a thriller audience i think right right this, this is all just my you know two cents i have no idea <laughs> but um so yeah we made it darker in tone and we changed things and that's kind of it was in, it was an interesting exercise because I'd get to scenes that were actually the same. You know, they hadn't really been that you know changed, uh -huh. but they wanted a different take on it because you know it wasn't as jaunty this time around. You know, it was a little bit more. They wanted it to be more serious this time, or so that was a kind of a 
it was a very interesting way to look at it because I it was like, well, I've already scored this and you love the music. It's like, well, yeah, but this this time we're trying to pull something else out of the story. So you know that that was that was a very interesting project, and I don't know if I'll have that kind of thing again where I, I write two different scores for the same film. Because usually, if you know someone gets a score and they don't like it, and they get to the end, they're phoning someone else. Right, exactly. For another score, you know, the rejected score. This, it's not, not like that doesn't happen all the time. But usually, you don't phone the same person <laughs> and say, "Try again." I, that's. I don't think I've ever heard of that happening. That's actually quite unique. I feel like there was something that happened with the season of the witch for Atley, and they recut a bunch of stuff, and he had to, I think, redo. I like that kind of redo twenty thirty minutes, but I've never have heard of somebody bringing you know the same material back to pull something else out. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was a you know, and it was you know had obviously you know had to be done really fast. Oh, of course, <laughs> so yeah. I was like, okay, we got sit and sit and go through it really fast. But yeah, it was. But there was a lot of new elements to it, and they had done some a lot of reshoots, and they kind of recut a different story. Uh, it's the same story, but they, you know, had a different, right, you know, yeah. viewpoint. Well, that's yeah. that's pretty awesome. Um, but to to wrap up, I always like to to ask composers this one question: um, If you could score any film ever made, with no disrespect to the original composer or the score itself, oh, which film would you choose? <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be a very very hard uh, question to answer. Let's see. I'd say well, one of my favorite scores, uh, one of them, it might be my favorite, I'm not sure if it is or not, it's one of my favorite <laughs> movies, uh, would be the Indiana Jones' The Last Crusade. I don't necessarily know if I'd want to score it, but uh, it would be fun to score it. And I, I do love you know adventure films and you know that sort of bombastic orchestral you know lend on things. So it would be fun to score. I would be petrified to take on something of that magnitude. I'd say either that or possibly Jurassic Park. So two, two John Williams. I'd say one of those two things. Well, yeah, two, John, two Spielberg films. Uh, I'd say one of those two things. Just because I think both of those have a canvas um, of, of music I like to write, you know, and music I grew up listening to and loving, so I guess I'd go with that. <laughs> those are two great answers. Awesome. <laughs> but, uh, Noah, thank you so much for your time today. It was such a blast to chat with you, and it was so informative. I mean, really, thank you so much. No problem.